This is In-Ear Insights, the Trust Insights Podcast. In this week's In-Ear Insights, it is Alphabet Soup Day. Uh, we're going to be talking ROAS, ROI, CPA, CPC, CPM, and CLV. What the heck is all this about? You've heard some of these terms before, almost certainly, in some of your reporting. So the question is, what are they all for? When do you use uh, which one and which ones should you be paying attention to? So Katie, as somebody who looks at a lot of reporting for a lot of clients, what when you hear this huge bowl of, of alphabet soup uh, combinations, what comes to mind for you? What comes to mind is that there's a lot of confusion, most likely, because uh, that's a lot of data to contend with. Um, you know, if you start with return ROAS, return on ad spend, the first question is, well, are you even running ads? And if you're not, then return on ad spend probably doesn't apply to you. So it's not a metric that you need to worry about. If you are running ads, then it's probably a good metric to know, but then it gets confused with return on investment. And so return on investment, which is ROI, is the more common metric that companies use to benchmark against. You know, I put this much money in, how much money am I getting back? Uh, which is, again, a great question to ask. And then you have the customer lifetime value, the CLTB or CVTL, I don't know. Anyway, it's the customer lifetime value. How much is any one customer worth during their tenure with your company during the time in which you're both engaged? And that's a harder metric to nail down if you're like us and you have services, you do consulting versus you sell a thing like a refrigerator and somebody goes away and they never need another refrigerator again for the next like 10 to 15 years. Um, but a good metric to understand because this is a metric that once you have it, it can help you understand all of your other metrics. So some of these metrics that we're talking about are subsets of other metrics. And so, I don't know. I mean, when I see all of these things in one place, it says to me that people don't know where to start. So I think, Chris, one of our aims for today's podcast is where does someone start and what metric is the one that they should be looking at? Unsurprisingly, the answer is what's the outcome you're looking for, right? What do you? What I thought is you were going to say it depends. <laughs> well, it it does depend. <laughs> it always depends. Anything with measurement depends because it depends on what you're measuring. Um, right. There's there's three things I think three, three really important concepts that people don't think about when it comes to this stuff. One is um, gross versus net, which are financial terms. What did what did you take in money wise, right? Which is the gross. And then what are you left with after you've taken care of your expenses? And so that gross versus net is really important, particularly for something like customer lifetime value, because there is a cost to continuing to serve a customer, um, just like there is a cost to acquire a customer. And there's the, the, those three that have the letter C in them, CPA, cost per acquisition, CPC, cost per click, and CPM, cost per thousand impressions, really focus on what did we spend to get some kind of outcome. but ROAS, ROI, and CLV, I think, are the ones that are a bit bigger picture because mm -hmm. now you're starting to talk about that that money in, money out kind of thing. So ROAS, ROAS, you can extend to other marketing channels because it really is that gross, how much money did you bring in? And then for the things you did to bring that money in, what did you spend on it? That's your, the so it's, it's earned my, divided by spent. That is essentially what 
ROAS and its variations are. ROI is a much bigger picture question. It's a question about profitability. So it's earned minus spent divided by spent. And that's the one that marketers have the hardest time with and they do the most wrong because there's that uh, spent part is really complex. When you run a Facebook ad campaign, for example, there's the hard dollars you're paying to, to Mark Zuckerberg, right? But there's also the time that you've uh, spent, the employees that you put towards it, their salaries, their benefits, the electricity to power the lights, all these things that, you know, essentially, if you didn't have those things, you couldn't do the thing. And part of that has to go into that computation to say, what did this profit we made cost us, which is different than what did this revenue cost us, which is ROAS. You can get, and this is a, a really important thing for ad managers to understand, you can get positive return on ad spend and get negative ROI. You can, even though you earned money um, from your ads, it cost you so much to run the ads with all these extra costs that you actually lost money. Um, this is particularly true for th for companies that make a thing, a product, a service, you know, like a, a shaving razor. The cost of goods to make this thing, the plastic, the metal and stuff, goes into the spent side. And so you may find that you have no margin and therefore you, the ROI of your marketing is actually negative. So you are talking about equations and numbers and metrics, and I can understand why this is confusing. So you know, let's just start with, you know, let's start with return on ad spend, just that one. And so repeat to me what that equation was. Sure. The money that your ads earned divided mm -hmm. by the money you spent. And so let's pick apart because the money that your ads earned, let's put that aside for a second, because the assumption is that is easier to calculate, but I don't know that that's necessarily true the money you spent for any of these calculations is the harder thing to nail down. And so this is where, Chris, you're saying that marketers or ad managers get it wrong, is that they're assuming it's just the hard dollars put in. So if I put in $30 to an ad and I get $60 in sales back, I can calculate my return on ad spend. But what you're saying is that's not true because what you haven't calculated is the amount of time that that ad manager spent to, you know, talk with the client, come up with the creative, you know, maybe work with a third party to purchase images, you know, maybe have a second person edit, um, you know, the, you know, 15 minutes that you had to reset all of the ads because Facebook said, just kidding, I'm going to crash halfway in between. And then the amount of time you spend with the Facebook ad rep saying, why did my ads crash? Why can't I run them? Why did you disqualify them? And so all of that time adds up as well. Plus, maybe, you know, a fraction of your electricity bill, or maybe a fraction of your, you know, uh, water bill, because you're constantly dehydrated, because all you do is sit at your computer and try to get Facebook ads to work. So there's a lot of things that are factored in that aren't necessarily in that calculation when you say it in that very straightforward way. Yes. 
And with ROAS specifically, ROAS does not take into account those other investment costs. It is hard dollars only. Uh, it's you see it most for e-commerce, right? Where mm -hmm. you can say, like, okay, I sold you know this number of, of hip hooks or stress balls or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so and advertisers like facebook love ross because it, it makes them look great all the time you know 200 return on ad spend 500 return on ad spend and because those soft dollar costs and those overhead costs are not in roas um facebook or google analytics or google ads can do that computation for you and present you the results and say like hey here's what's happened where all those costs come in is on the ROI side, where you say, okay, what was the cost of this profit, of this, you know, this mm -hmm. net profit? Because when you take away all those extra expenses from your gross, you're left with your net. And so it's, the, it's now the cost of that net. So real simple example, like you were saying, if you spent uh, $5,000 on Facebook ads, you got $10,000 of revenue, right? You have a ROAS of 200%, 2X, right? So for every dollar you spent, you got $2 back. Mm -hmm. But then you on the ROI side, you say it was ten thousand dollars minus the five thousand uh, divided by five thousand. That's one. That's one. Uh, an ROI of one hundred percent, which is still good. But then you have to add in your time, uh, mm -hmm. which is whatever your you know your salary is for that period of time that you're doing stuff, and all the other overhead, your healthcare costs. Um, typically, I know we've talked when we've talked in the past. Um, if you were to essentially take someone's whatever you pay them and add 30% on top to account for all the overhead, HR benefits, all this stuff, um, you can get a ballpark estimate of what that person really costs you. So if somebody makes, call it $50,000 a year, um, they're effectively uh, making $25 an hour. So um, you then have to factor that into your cost side. You can get to a point, especially if you're paying an agency uh, or something like that, where you would have um, that that five thousand dollars spent would actually be could be ten thousand dollars spent in agency costs and stuff, and now your ROI is zero, right? Mm -hmm. Because you earn my spent divided by spent is it comes out to a, a zero, and so suddenly that two hundred percent ROAS is a zero ROI, and now you're not making money. You're not making money anymore, and so for for you as a CEO, the marketing manager or the ad manager, maybe the CMO would be focused on ROAS, but you as the CEO would be saying no, but uh, guys, accounting is saying, we didn't make any money last month. What's going on? And I've actually had that conversation when we did run ads for a short period of time. We were losing money because we were working with an agency and we were paying them plus the cost of ad spend. And it just, to it, the numbers didn't add up in a positive way. Um, the other metric I would throw out there that I think can be confusing is uh, cost per click. And so you have ROAS, you have ROI, and then you have cost per click. And so uh, if you think about it logically, it's the amount of money that it takes for someone to see the ad and click on the ad itself, but that doesn't extend to them doing something with it. All they've done is clicked on it, and therefore you've had to spend money just for them to go, eh, no, I don't want this thing. And so cost per click is a subset of return on ad spend. That's right. And those three cost things are essentially a, like a mini funnel, like cost per CPM mm -hmm. is cost per impressions. How much does it cost you just to get in front of people? Cost per click is how much does it cost you just to get them to do some anything? Um, right. And then cost per acquisition is what did it cost to actually get the goal achieved, the conversion that you were looking for? And those three things actually are a very helpful diagnostic funnel to be able to say, 
where is our ad campaign going wrong? Um, mm-hmm. You know, is the transition from cost per uh, thousand to cost per click, you know, two percent? Okay, well, if that's the case, then our ads suck. People are seeing them; they they just you know they they don't like them. Um, or people click and go to the, the website, and are, there's a big difference between CPC and CPA because people again they 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 got to the landing page like this is not what I thought I was clicking on. They they leave, and you've spent all that money and you've gotten nothing for it. And so those three metrics are really important to look at together. It's it's a bad idea to to try and measure each one discreetly and say, okay, we're going to make decisions just on CPM. Well, mm-hmm. unless you're running purely branding exercises, you you really don't want to do that. And some of them, like CPC, have massive fraud problems, click fraud, where you have bots clicking or, you know, or, or, or people in, in you know, uh, lower wage countries just clicking on ads all day long, pumping up uh, uh, prices and stuff. And so you want to have all three sort of laid out together so you can see, is something obviously, you know, are the ratios so off that something's obviously wrong? So they're good diagnostics. It sounds like what you're describing is if you are running some kind of a campaign, whether it be, you know, on Facebook or another platform, then you probably want to stack up your metrics to follow that funnel. So you want to have CPM and then CPC and then CPA and have that funnel into your return on ad spend and have that funnel into your return on investment. And so looking at all of those things, the conversion rate between each one then to your point, Chris, you can say, well, where is this thing not working versus, uh, I don't know, enough people aren't doing something. Let me just throw another $500 at it to see if that helps. Or let me go ahead and change the copy because that might be the thing. But instead, you are presenting a very logical and achievable something that we can all do because all of the platforms have those metrics in them, just stack them up in such a way that you go in that logical order similar to you do with your sales funnel so that you can say, where is it broken? Is it broken to your point between people seeing the ad and then doing something or do they do something and then they just don't convert to buy something? Yeah, you're saying it exactly right. These measures, instead of just being a, a bowl of soup, should be sequenced to tell a story from that mm-hmm. very first impression, CPM to CPC to CPA to ROAS to ROI to CLV. If you line them up, it tells a story of the customer mm-hmm. journey, and it also tells you a hierarchy of reporting. The ad manager needs CPM and CPC, right? The CMO needs ROAS and ROI sometimes. The CFO and the CEO need ROI and CLV to mm-hmm. understand you know, what, what the big picture is, because it may turn out down the road that yes, you you had negative ROI on a campaign, but those customers it brought in were customers for five years and they were some of your best customers. So in reality, those ads that even though they had a negative ROI at the time have a positive customer lifetime value. And so you go, oh, you know what? We're gonna make another, we're gonna make a strategic decision now to run a intentionally money losing campaign in the short term because we know in the long term it's gonna pay out for us. So in that story from beginning to end, the further into the journey you are, the the higher up in the organization it's probably gonna go, and the more strategic the decisions have to get. So you'd mentioned at the start of this conversation that 
people use these calculations when they're running paid ads, but you can also use it for organic marketing. So, you know, as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking about the type of work that we do. And we, we really focus in on email marketing and organic search. Am I correct in understanding that you can take that same hierarchy of metrics and apply it to an organic channel, such as email marketing? Absolutely. And this is where those soft dogs can start to come into play. So you pay an email service provider to send emails, whether it's your marketing automation software like HubSpot or whatever. You pay money, hard dollars. Um, for those emails. You pay somebody to write those emails. You pay somebody to send those emails. You pay somebody probably to process some of those emails. And so there is a clear spend on email mm -hmm. marketing. If you didn't do it, you would have this amount of time and money for something else. And as long as you're doing a good job with your Google Analytics and your attribution tracking and all that stuff, you ha should know like what did this email bring in in terms of revenue? It may not be you know, cut and dried if you're not an e-commerce company. It may be like, hey, we brought in 40 leads and we know the average value of a lead is, you know, 100 bucks. So this was worth effectively for $4,000. Once you have those numbers, then you can start to apply those calculations. And this is where, uh, really important, you start to pay attention to some of those ROAS and ROI numbers because for something like social media, people love to say, social media is free. You know, posting on Facebook's free. Well, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. You're paying somebody's time to do that. The creative team, the community manager, all that stuff, there's dollar cost to it. And if you're getting no leads or no sales from social media, then it's actually, you're going to have, you might have negative ROAS, the effective ROAS, right? Because you're spending mm -hmm. people's time on this thing and not getting money in. You're going to get negative ROI for sure. And you may have, you know, no customer lifetime value from social media. So to your point, it's really important to try and apply these calculations as much as possible in an apples to apples way on all your marketing efforts. So you can mm -hmm. see like, what am I spending my time on? And is it worth it? When we did this for my, my YouTube show, I used to do a, a daily YouTube show. I loved doing it. You know, less than 1% conversions in my attribution model. And it's like, okay, it's, you know, 40 minutes a day for no return. You know, I could be doing other work in that time. And so whoosh, it went. Which is interesting because you've applied it just to that one channel because your intention with that YouTube show was to convert people to do something. Now, what if your goal was awareness? Was it doing that? And when you look at your customer journey across all of your marketing, so we're talking about two things. We're talking about these metrics and calculations across just one channel one channel at a time to see what it's doing. But then when you do a customer journey map across all of your channels, that's a different kind of analysis. And so if your goal with your YouTube channel was conversions, but it was driving awareness, then those are two very different things. And maybe you're okay with YouTube driving awareness, but it not driving conversion as long as it's leading people to your newsletter or you know your speaking gigs or whatever the thing is. And that's where we need uh, input from people like you as to what is the strategy we're going for and how does it align with the data we have. There's a fascinating piece on LinkedIn recently uh, from LinkedIn uh, Labs saying that for B2B marketers, anywhere from 2 to 5% of your audience is, has buying intent at any given time. 95% of your audience has no buying intent whatsoever. And so mm -hmm. we're sending all these emails and running all these campaigns and telling people, hey, you know, contact Trust Insights if you need some help with uh, change management. And 95% of people are like, nope, not 
have no need for that right now. And so LinkedIn's urging was to say, you should be measuring your campaigns on Mindshare. Do people remember that you even exist so that when that person does enter that buying cycle in a year, two years, five years from down the road, they go, I'm going to contact Trust Insights. And from that perspective, measuring other objectives like branded organic search would be a proxy for saying, are we at least in people's heads? Do they remember that we exist? And so I would need a strategic decision from you as as the, the team lead to say, yeah, Brand organic search is now a KPI. It is, you know, if this number goes to zero, we're going out of business because we know that 95% of our audience is not going to buy anytime soon. You and I, and we had what a year ago, we had a, a customer sign up and, and and do a pretty large project with us. And this the person who who is the our point of contact says, Yeah, I've been wanting to work with you for nine years now. Um, and this is the first opportunity I get. Like that's a really long sales cycle. But that's what you're saying is right. that. This window of buying is so short that running campaigns to try and you know get people at that point is going to piss off the other ninety five percent of people. Like I'm not in a buying mode. Stop mm-hmm. telling me to buy something. Keep you know help me remember who you are so, so that when I go to buy something, I, I remember who you are. That's so fascinating because it. And now I'm sort of stuck because now my wheels are spinning around a problem I was stuck on earlier, but that clarifies it so well for me. So really our goal should not, it's not that our goal shouldn't be conversions, but it sounds like there's such a small window that really our focus should be awareness, education, so that when someone is like, oh my God, I'm in crisis, I need to fix this problem right now. Who do I know who can fix this problem? I don't have time to do research. They're like, oh, Chris and Katie can fix that problem because I've been reading their stuff for the past six months about how these are the problems that they fix. And it was so clear and concise that it stuck with me that I know that they're the ones that I want to call. I wasn't ready to buy then, but I took the six months to get educated and retain the information that now I know They've covered that topic so they can do the thing. And that's such an interesting way to think about, you know, the marketing that we're doing is, you know, we always try to go in with the, when I say we, I'm sort of the general we, us marketers, we go in with the hard sell. Revenue is the thing, you know, bring in the money, bring in the customers. And we tend to be like, no, I mean, we don't need to focus on awareness. It doesn't do anything for us. But what you've just described to me is a scenario where if you skip that awareness piece and go straight to the hard sell, you're never going to sell anything unless you sell refrigerators or something very tangible with a very clear use case. In our industry, which is services, it's different. The shorter your sales cycle is, the more you can do a hard sell, right? If you're selling chewing gum, you have a sales cycle of like, what, two days, right? So you know, choose through the pack of gum, they go to buy another one. Okay, that makes sense. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. are you ready for another pack of gum now? If you're selling attribution analysis, people don't need that every day. They need right. it. The, the most advanced companies need it once a month, maybe, right? And the, the laggards maybe do it once every decade. Um, and so we have to almost function like a cooking show where mm-hmm. you see us cooking, you, you, we're giving you recipes and stuff like that. And then that one dinner party comes around like, crap, it's four o'clock. The dinner party's at seven. I don't have time to cook. I need someone to come here and cook right now. Um, and then we want them to remember us for that. So in order to keep that memory, 
we have to, you know, something like CPM, for example, might actually be a valid metric. Just like, are we showing up in front of people? One mm -hmm. by pure accident, our our strategy of focusing on organic search and email marketing for our own company has been a huge benefit because two email newsletters a week, you know, uh, that's 104 touch points every single year. We're managing to stay in front of people, a podcast every week, a live stream every week, just trying to be helpful, trying to keep people, you know, people remember us. And then you and I have had this discussion many times, like, hey, it really sucks that, you know, we're our our, our ad campaign didn't work. Well, of course it didn't work. 98% of our audience has no interest in buying right now. Um, but our inbound inquiries do when people say, mm -hmm. I, I need help, right? So we have to, we have to sit down and look at this journey of our own, look at our numbers and measures and go, maybe we're just measuring the wrong things. This has been such an illuminating conversation because I think we have been measuring the wrong things. We have been thinking about it the wrong way and not completely wrong. Like a lot of the metrics that we're looking at are important. Like, yeah, if we have no money coming in, then there's no company. So obviously I need to be looking at that metric. But when thinking about it in that more holistic 360 way, thinking about what is the most important thing for us to be focusing on is different. And so this is, I mean, I feel like I just need to, you know, go heads down for the next three days and rewrite everything, all the plans. But obviously, that's not a reality. The good news is we're already doing a lot of the awareness stuff. And so one of the conversations, Chris, that you and I will probably have this week is, you know, do you resurrect your YouTube show, but think about it, you know, in a way that it doesn't take you 40 minutes a day to produce, but it's still driving that awareness. And is that okay? Because the goal isn't conversion. The goal is that long-term awareness. So I think that this has been, you know, incredible. It's been incredibly helpful to me. And where we started was thinking about all of those metrics that we throw around, you know, the CPM, the CPC, the CPA, the ROAS, the ROI, the customer lifetime value, all of those metrics are important with the right context. And if you're just looking at them through the funnel of, I need to bring in more money, then you they may almost always fail you because marketing and human behavior is so much more complex than that. Exactly right. And we know this from our own experience. I was setting up a new server this weekend. I don't do that more than once every couple of years, but when I do it, I know exactly what vendor I'm going to. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I buy the thing. Our behave, we know this is true from our own behaviors. We don't, you know, it's good to have data to back it up, but we know it's mm -hmm. true from, from how we operate. So if you've got questions about anything we've talked about or want to contribute your own experiences for how you are using these metrics and how you're thinking about your marketing, pop on over to our free Slack group. We'll go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers, where you can join over 1900 folks uh, in helping all of us remember who we are and what we do. Uh, and if you like to, if you're watching the show or, or listening to it somewhere, there's a place you'd rather get it, go to trustinsights.ai slash TI podcast, where you can find it on most channels. Thanks for tuning in. and We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Need help making your marketing platforms, processes, and people work smarter? Visit trustinsights.ai today and learn how we can help you deliver more impact.